This is SideQuest Completed, the Hobbyist Game Dead podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. This is your host uh, JC, here with our co-host Calvin. All right, we talk to you about um, hobbyists and the game dev. Yep, trying to make it happen with so little time. Exactly. All right. So I want to start asking first, uh, Calvin, how's your game dev been since we last recorded? Uh, good. I managed to tinker along on the focus I had, which was um, bookends, trying to get opening title and menu screen and a game over cycle so that I can actually, even though I've only got a couple just levels, I want to be able to have like that, that full cycle. And I was able to just get that wrapped up uh, around lunch today. So... That's good. Um, I took nice. a little bit of my extra time, though, to jump into, and this is not my usual getting distractedness, <laughs> I looked into um, Game Maker Studio, Ooh. not because I'm trying to change platforms again, but because my son found it, and he's got getting his own copy to learn his own game dev stuff, so I just wanted, I had to take some time to be become familiar enough with it that when he starts asking for help, I have some idea what I'm talking about. Your chance to be a supportive parent. Yeah, it's something we've uh, tried to do together, but he's had trouble. Well, he's inherited my lack of focus. Oh uh, yeah, uh, let's say so. As I say, if help learning a new game toolkit in order to help your child bond with him as a parent, if that's not a perfect encapsulation, like what we like to come out of this podcast, I can't imagine what it would be. Yeah, I hope I hope that that's what happens, and that it goes well. I mean, it's the first thing that he's uh, taken on himself Ooh. instead of me, like showing him. Uh, you know, when he because he always showed an interest in doing it, but I've had to bring stuff to him, and this is the first time he's been like, "Hey, I found this this game this game engine, and I want to try it out." And he installed it and started going through the tutorials on his own. Nice. So I want to encourage that self directedness. It's all of his own initiative, so that's very cool. Nice. And yeah. on my end, it's uh. Been a daily stuff again, doing 200 plus words of new writing for Anthrotari. It's been a mix of both the game script itself, when I'm at home, and extra material related to the game that's still within the setting, but fictional within that setting. So, what's we're looking for? Like, diegetic, maybe? It's still another word. For, for example, like fake fanfic written by the main character. Because that's easy enough to do on the phone while I'm traveling. And it's been getting done. So I might actually bump up my word goal to a little bit larger. Maybe 300, 400 words a day. Speed that up. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Moderate increase is a good idea. Once you get comfortable with where you're at. Yeah. I mean, I was locking it out in like not even 15 minutes last night. <coughs> it's definitely not always that fast. Especially if you're hitting a bit of a block. But it's clear I can improve the speed a little bit and do well there. Cool. All right. Uh, just wanna... What is our main topic today? I mean, today actually is just that. Um, working your game every day. How to do that. Yeah. Because there's anything that we have an issue with as hobbyist game devs with full-time jobs is the regularity of time to work on it. You can't, for example, just devote a whole week to working on the game. I mean, I even have a spare two hours consistently with family obligations, work obligations, other stuff, life in general. And so we found... Yeah, it, yeah. it's tough. Very tough, yeah. 
In fact, just actually doing a little bit every day can really add up. So probably that's where my golf came from. If remember from earlier episodes, after having trouble getting anything done after Dari. And you, Calvin, inspired me to do the little bit every day. And that's been paying off in spades since then. Hmm. That's ironic because I was just going to say how seeing you actually keep up with this uh, these word goals as a small bit every day is making me think I need to do that. You know, those times because I I always have trouble. Like if I if I have like a half hour or even less, I have trouble sitting down and getting some stuff done. It just it doesn't feel like I've got enough time to do anything. Yeah, and I need to make that happen. But there's two halves to that. One is uh, what the the fact that I just need to actually make use of that little time because I can't get the larger blocks. But I also realized you've done a lot better with the writing specifically. Yeah. And as far as the context of getting some work done every day, it might be helpful to think about why is that easier to do than more traditional game dev activities that we that, that I have trouble getting done every day. And, and you do too, because the writing has gone a lot better than actual like sitting down to you know code or do sprites or do any other you know, more game devy activity. So like, why is that easier to do? And what can we learn from that to do all the other tasks consistently? Exactly. Yeah. So there's one big advantage to writing a visual novel is that much of the content is just writing, special words, prose, whatnot. And that is much easier to pick up where you were. You just go back and read a few sentences and recontextualize yourself and can get started again super quickly that some experiences with NaNoWriMo, I don't have to go back and reread a whole chapter to figure out where I was. So the context I can get from just the last few paragraphs. And let's see, that's one thing, good point right there, context and remembering where you are. It was just this week, actually, I finally picked um, Etrian Odyssey 5 back up. Uh, but me and start playing that again, because I stopped playing it many, many, many months ago. I want to say sometime in 2018, probably. Um, and once we're getting back into it, I'm also on the first dungeon, the very first part, and I am so lost right now. I would not be able to navigate a map to save my life. Um, I'm not going to stand a chance against the boss that was giving me a hard time putting the game down before. There's just not nearly enough context. But when I start playing again today, I'm going to remember much more than I did yesterday. And because tomorrow, all the context is going to be there in more and more and more. It was definitely wasn't easy picking back up that first day of writing for Atari, but it's become so much simpler every day I do it because it's all still in my head from last time. That that's rolled straight into another uh, thought I wanted to 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 bring up, which is that in in that balance sort of between you know can you work on can you put like a half hour a day or can you put in three and a half hours uh, every Saturday, yeah. you know, which is a equivalent amount of time. And while they seem, or even if you could put more time, like half hour every day or five hours on a Saturday, the half hour every day may actually be more productive because you are able to build up that familiarity and keep that context switching down because you're keeping it more familiar where yeah. you're working every week or, you know, you have much more gaps. The, uh, you know, that time is a lot harder to make use of. Exactly. And maybe a big benefit I need to learn uh, about getting a little bit done every day is no matter how little I get done, just keeping it fresh in my mind is itself the valuable thing. Yeah. Don't let it 
don't let it be forgotten or become unfamiliar. Because right. like if you just do just the one sprite, let's say a day, that ends up really quickly. Whereas trying to do all sprites in one big rush, you're going to bring yourself out, and have a chance mm-hmm. for to brainstorm. Your brain's going to be running out of ideas really quickly. It says it had that day's break to think about stuff. I don't know if there's anything I've seen from programming professionally. <coughs> sorry, it's that having that little bit of time to actually let your brain really deeply think about stuff in the back of your head makes a huge difference in terms of how readily you can solve problems the next day. Because you all you might try mm-hmm. staying up late for an extra four hours till two a.m. or something, getting it done, just powering through it. But if you sleep on it more than once, I've come in and say, oh, this hard thing, oh, I can just do this one thing. Sometimes literally one small thing that was the right answer because I had enough rest, enough memory chance for my brain to go through deep thoughts and remember that that one command that's already there or that one library that already exists or otherwise yeah. anything other than try and solve it myself. Or even just like to have that one obvious issue, one what would be obvious if my brain wasn't so otherwise fixated on the immediate, very immediate line of code or concern or whatnot night before. So that's one big advantage of doing it, spreading it out there. Yeah, that definitely um, contributes to being able to be more thoughtful when you actually put your, your fingers to the keyboard because you it's hard to think and work uh, you know, you gotta kind of take that time to contemplate and plan, even just little bits. Um, another problem I've identified yeah. is on the weekend when I try to focus mm-hmm. on, you know, make, take take better advantage of the weekends. You know, it's pretty natural to say, well, you know, I gotta work all week, so I need to make better use of the weekends. But then inevitably, I spend a huge amount of, you know, big chunk of the the time I can put to the weekends is rereading my notes and my task lists and like trying to figure out. What was I doing? Uh, what do I need to get done in this little bit of time I have? Um, so it creates like a much bigger organizational yeah. overhead um, that by working every day, I can, you know, it, it's this related to context, but is a more specific instance of that. Um, you know, same thing happens if you abandon a project for a while or you know you could you lose like a month where you just really can't get back to working on it when you come back you've got to figure out what the hell was i doing oh yeah what is this project what was i even building uh so i i need to i need to learn that those little bits of time again you know reducing that context and, and keeping it fresh in my mind also means i don't have to keep reorganizing i don't have to sit down and spend an hour you know uh, triaging bug tickets because i i need to figure out what was what were actually the important next things to do exactly uh, it's just like keeping yeah. your office clean when you work keep it straightened so you actually have it ready to go as soon as you pop in there if you yeah i just don't look at the rest of the office i sit down and i ignore <laughs> everything to the sides and behind me so that it looks like it's a nice i do, in my I do some of that as well but there's a very real difference in keeping the space the working space clean and straightened yeah and or very least ready for work, either literally or in your headspace. Because I know like a really unstraightened room, like that's not a good tip for the daily stuff. Make sure your working space is ready for you when you're ready. That you can just mm-hmm. go right to it. Like have the computer up and running already, have the software loaded. Like if you're doing it every day, yeah. you don't have to take 
half an hour for Adobe Suite to finish booting back up. Use go right to it. I keep the terminal open with the file editor open. I keep the RenPy engine up and running so I can just boot into the visual novel right then there. Okay, so that was actually another specific thing I was going to mention, which is I, I don't do that mm. enough, and I need to, because I, you know, when I sit down to work, I need to get open Unity, which does take a while to load. Uh, I need to open up Visual Studio. I need to open up a terminal, yeah, and a sprite if I'm going to need sprite work. Yeah, so I got to do all those little bits. Um, one reason I do that, though, is I have the same machine that's my main workstation is also my main gaming rig right uh. now. Um, so that's a bit of a... I don't know. Maybe I should try to separate that. I have my desktop and my laptop. Maybe I should move my work to the laptop where I can do that more places yeah. and try to keep it separate. Or I'm not sure. Uh, but I also then that means keeping stuff open on my laptop all the time, which means running on battery. So there's trade-offs there. Maybe I need to build a second machine just to have a uh, dedicated workstation. I'll say maybe I need to have a second dedicated desktop just for game workstation yeah. because I have that, that open. Or maybe there's some software way I could do it, like separate users where um, I can, or separate, you know, I can even dual boot two different versions of Windows and just like suspend the workstation whenever I'm going to play games. Conceivably, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, no, system. think about whatever it is you do with at work because I know we do work, we come in and we're ready to go when we start the work day generally and don't close everything down necessarily. You know, the usual work daily set in office, you want to be able to hop right into whatever we're programming or writing or whatnot, designing a day job. So look at any habits you take as part of work and see which of those you can adapt to your work from the game, which is just another kind of work. I know, because like you mentioned before, having a different decade box, one reason I can jump right into work with my laptop first thing Monday morning, coffee or no coffee, is that that box hasn't been touched since Friday night, and it's just been no reason to touch it. It's all a dedicated box, and I can just, I purposely separate work stuff from personal stuff, too, for other reasons. It also means I don't have to worry about getting my machine ready for work first thing Monday morning. Yeah, I, I've always struggled with that, and this is a whole other yeah. topic, honestly, um, but I've always struggled with that, and like I've gone back, especially the last couple months, back and forth between um, doing all my work on my personal laptop and actually using the work provider laptop, because like it's almost impossible to keep the personal stuff especially separate. Like If I'm on my work laptop, I'm going to want to check my personal email, I'm going to read an article or two and have a tab open, so it's like impossible to completely separate. Mm -hmm. And the, that creates a whole other context, which is that I try oh, to avoid, yeah. and I end up going back to one machine. Um, but another thing um, to in, uh, uh, that I was thinking of is investing in what you need to uh, smooth over that ability to work. Um, so using this specific um, barrier, the you know keeping stuff open, being able to just jump in real quick, a more powerful machine means that you don't have to close stuff down if you do need to context right. switch. So that, you know, there's an argument to be had for, um, you know, when that, that investment can also be in things like making sure that your office is organized and well structured for the work that you need. You know, maybe that's a second desk that you have. I have a second desk just yeah. for writing, for example. Yeah. 
Um, and one of the other plans I have, I have blueprints that I've uh, drawn up for a wall-to-wall desk mm-hmm. that I'm going to be installing. Nice. And then there's going to be a separate area for you know work and for gaming. Um, and any of those kind of investments, whether that's a more powerful machine that you can keep stuff open or a second desk to dedicate to writing or art or game dev, you know, whatever the thing is you're trying to create so that you have, you know, have those facilities ready when you need them. So you just sit down and do what you need. Exactly. You mentioned too hacks, like having a different user account that you can, we can leave Mm -hmm. apps open and that have the game authentications, like your normal, normal tabs, email, not have stuff like your games that readily available on that account. So you get all the more focus when you log into that account. It creates association in your brain where it says, just like when you walk into your office every morning, you go into work mode, work, work, walk into your workplace, you go into work mode brain. If you have a particular account on the computer that you use for game dev, your brain will go into game dev mode when you log into that. It's a little trigger. And that'll make that time you do spend on it all the more effective. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, creating those triggers is something is a a, side, a good side effect of any of these, yeah. these things that you can do to, to smooth it over. It creates some external, yeah, little trigger. I'm trying to think of another word, but no, it's a trigger for putting your brain into exactly the state that it's in whenever you do that work. Your brain learns those patterns and learns when you're sitting at this desk, you're doing this activity. And so those things are first and foremost in your yeah. mind. Similarly, I have the uh, Dayo, D-A-Y-L-I-O, app on my Android phone that is from mood tracking mm-hmm. and it's not I use yeah, the same thing and it's added goals to say uh, that will remind you to do this thing each day whenever you do it and log in associated with that and it's been a very clear pattern between me having red moods and doing something on Atari so record keeping is another big part of that reminders and record keeping I know Jerry Seinfeld has Don't Break the Chain system of do he writes jokes every day, even if they're terrible jokes, because doing it every day makes it harder and harder to break out of that habit. He becomes more and more invested in getting that streak. I've got my, what, 35 plus day streak or something? A very long streak on this goal. And I am not about to, 34 days, not about to break that streak. I want to see just how long I can go with that streak. Yeah, I need to make better use of that, and I do really appreciate streaks. I'm... uh, This is another one of those things. Could be a a whole other topic. I'm currently fluctuating back and forth with whether or not I should stick with Dalio or other habit and mood tracking things or go back to bullet journals and paper because um, seeing the streak um, physically is also, I think, can least for me and uh, for, for a lot of people can be a really important aspect mm-hmm. and that's one thing I'm currently missing on it like yeah you can you can go to a screen and see it but if you have a little piece of paper that permanently has that those that, that streak of X's or dots or however you, you do it um, can be important uh, and there's also something they said for uh, phone notifications oh, are overwhelming yeah. and a flood and it's like a whole other inbox zero never gonna happen problem so I haven't been able to make great use of habit tracking apps for that reason that they just get lost in the noise on my yeah, phone. That makes a lot of sense. If anything, clearing out notifications on the phone helps a lot with that. And just 
making point of silencing your phone for anything during your uh, game day of time will make that time you do both one more focused and productive and two more pleasant because you don't have unpleasant distractions associated with that. It'll be easier to go to game dev time if it's largely positive associations. So um, we've covered a lot of a lot of really good tips, both for ourselves, for anybody listening, for uh, things that we've no work and we actually do and things that we do and need to do more of. Um, is there any other really important thing that you do or that you think you should be doing? Mm, anything else? Definitely choosing work that's conducive to day-to-day -day work. Because sometimes, like if you're getting really deep into optimizing code for pragmatic reasons, i.e. something is running too slow to be playable without some enhancements, or if you need to sit down and really refactor some code that's going to uh, save you a lot of time down the road or make your stuff actually work, that does require larger amounts of time of sitting down and actually getting deep into your head. So I'm going to need to do that if I want to revamp scene management in Anthrotari. Right now it's not very conducive to updates. I, if I add a new character or add a new segment to their gameplay, the save system doesn't really play well with how I did it. That required definitely sitting down and being deep into it. So playing, doing it every day is very good for work that's conducive to every day. But do set aside time for yourself during the week if you can for bigger chunks of work, like two, four hours on a weekend or such to give yourself space for that. Those bigger things that have been adding up during the week. So yeah, it's almost like a cheat day um, on a diet. You can say, like, today I'm really going to sit down and knock out like, these bigger, deeper things out. Mm -hmm. And oh, another thing too, um, dedicated devices beyond laptops and hard computers. Like if you need to do music for your game, maybe pick up a portable uh, synthesizer, like a pocket operator, something you can take with you somewhere away from everything else or use on the road, whatnot. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do something quickly. You just noodle out a little tune or something, sketch out a little tune. Or like when I need to do the writing for Anthrotari, the in-world fiction, I can do it in the excellent Jotterpad app, J-O-T-T-E-R-P-A-D, on my phone as a super simple, super minimalistic text editor with markdown support that I can write into super readily. I'm sure there's other stuff similar for that in other game environments, like simple pixel editors, work on the phone, and whatnot. Yeah, right tool for the job. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for the extra extra tips. I think that we're at a good time for our usual yep. wrap up of uh, you know, the usual media and plans. Yep. So for me, I've finally started catching up on a very interesting manga called Delicious in Dungeon. It's a fantasy, I think D&D, &D, very much Chinese and Dragon style, where a party gets wiped out, and the only way the chance they have to save one of their friends, party members, is to 
uh, kill a red dragon and resurrect her. And of course, because they got wiped out, they have no money, no funds, supplies anymore. So they figure the best way they can do to save time and money is to go in and learn how to live off the dungeon. And so every chapter, there's one or more recipes of things they've made from creatures in the dungeon. Yeah, That's cool. it's definitely a very different take on the whole fantasy experience. And it's got a really interesting twist, too. End of, uh, what was the title of that again? For Delicious that? in Dungeon. So think Guy Fieri meets Pathfinder. Huh. <laughs> uh, there are other cooks I want to compare to that, but that's a famous name. Uh, what else? Uh, Etrian Odyssey 5 I mentioned. Uh, I think I'm probably going to make a good call as a gamer to reduce the difficulty down from advanced to basic. I played a lot of Entry Odyssey games, and I felt it was finally time to play advanced. But the fact that I dropped the game after the games of the end boss of the first dungeon, because I kept not being able to win against them, and because there's the grind is really slow, we've already reached a certain level, so simply grinding past them isn't very effective. The best call for my enjoyment of the game is to change difficulty level to something more actually enjoyable. Yeah, that's something that people need to become more uh, okay with, and there's far too much um, negative negativeness about. Like, how dare you enjoy your yeah. game, right? It's like purposely watching a movie on VHS. Because then it's hard to hear the characters and watch what's happening in the action because it's more challenging. It's like, I'd just be silly. Uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I, I happen to, to have just before the, we start recording watched a um, H Bomber Guy uh, video about how VHS was better because it was worse and allowed your imagination to fill in gaps and why that sparked the horror genre actually being far more. The whole thing that, that played into that, which which was just right before this. So right now, I'm in def- I'm definitely primed to disagree. Okay. With so I guess I'll say, oh, I'll rephrase that. That sounds like a debate of AAA high fidelity games versus well crafted pixel art. So I guess the better comparison is like trying to watch you. Oh, so I guess it's trying like insisting that someone read. A classic book in the original language with that translation. They're trying to read the original um, Shakespeare without any sort of translation for Old English and saying that's intrinsically better or more enjoyable versus right. like something you actually understand when you listen to. So it could be like a whole different debate too. So now we have a topic for later. If you listen to spreadsheet. Yep, then we got like four or five new topics out of today's nice. conversation. All right, uh, so that's the biggest stuff I've been working on lately. Oh, no, I was right. And of course, Neko Atsume. I'm back on my BS again. Yeah. Good. There are much worse games to be uh, getting back into the Neko Atsume. Neko Atsume? Right. How about you? Um, hmm. I've still been playing through the uh, Forsaken expansion on uh, on Destiny. Been enjoying the hell out of that because that game is just fun. And I wish I hadn't stopped for a while. 
Uh, I also picked up a couple new things. Um, back in the day, I always loved the look of uh, Disgaea, the oh, yeah. tactics game. I think that was originally on PS2, but I never got a chance to pick it up back then. And I happened to see the PC version on sale, so I picked that up, and I am really excited to dig into that because I need a good... I miss the tactics games of mm-hmm. that era, which is perfect because that's exact. I'm not you know, trying to find one. I always, always try to look for ones that look like that time, and then I play them, and they don't quite fit the feel, and now I can just go back and play one that I missed from that time that's exactly the aesthetic I'm nice. looking for. So that'll be nice. I'm really looking Fingers forward crossed. to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I can't remember if I was playing this last week when we talked, but I was also playing Wolfenstein, The mm-hmm. New Order. Um, the new game looked cool, and I never got into the this remake of the series, so I thought I'd go ahead and pick them up since they're on sale, as often happens when a, a new entry comes out. Uh, so I got New, new Order and Old Blood. Um, I'm not actually enjoying it a whole lot yet, but I'm hoping it gets better. The opening is just kind of a slog, and um, I don't know. A lot of things I've seen look great, so I'm hoping I can get to those parts. And you yeah, know, that could be a good around. thing in time box. Say, give yourself only so many hours, more hours to play, and then move on after that. Yeah, yeah, cool. I should do that. All right, um, so it sounds like we're good to go. Cool. It's been a good uh, great session with you, Kevin. Thank you very much for. Cool, same with me, as always. Yeah, you too. I am hoping to bring a lot of the stuff we talked about to practice and um, and have much better results to talk about the next couple of weeks. Sweet. All right, fingers crossed. And good night. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at sidequestcompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week.